Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have another great guest on it because, you know, when you think about a business and you think about all of the different things that you have to think through, whether it's, you know, getting customers, whether it's marketing, branding, or, you know, employee relations, investor relations, all of these great and phenomenal things. And they are wonderful because they are very essential to your business. But oftentimes we don't really take a step back to really think about you know, what about the graphics and the design work that went into making that marketing or to making that investor deck? I mean, when you think about how your product shows up to your customers, like what is the image that they're seeing? And so I'm very excited to bring on John Fuller to talk about his business, Phoenix Fire Solutions, and the great work that he does and how they help serve their customers and give their customers that helpful edge to really make an impact with what they're doing. So welcome to the show, John. Thank you, Trey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before we jump into the details of Phoenix Fire Solutions, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, what you were doing before starting Phoenix Fire Solutions. So um, I have kind of an interesting journey to get there. So I grew up thinking that I was going to be an artist and I never really had anyone explain to me that there were things that artists did other than fine art. So when it became time to do that, I panicked and went to engineering school, uh, studied electrical engineering and mathematics, and then worked in uh, IT for several years before I was uh, in a position to be able to roll back uh, into to doing what I love and more of the creative side of that and uh, started this business um, in 2008. You know, what's very interesting is that you typically hear a lot of people talk about, you know, the and I forget exactly which side it is left or right but the, the 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 side of the brain that artists function on and then the side of the brain that you know your engineers your accountants and and the more methodical side they operate on and how they're opposite I mean how did you find you know you know I guess living in both of those worlds since I mean you had a passion for art but also going down the engineering route well struck uh, structurally it's been very beneficial for the business from a standpoint of we, we use design a lot as creative problem solving. So not really just uh, making things pretty, but are we, are we solving the right problems and, and those kind of pieces of it. So it becomes a very methodical, repeatable um, process. So we're, we're using those creative pieces, but we partner them with, business coaching pieces and these other things. And it becomes this blended thing that produces better results. Awesome. Awesome. So now as you kind of, you know, navigate it, you know, from the electrical engineering path to moving back into, like I said, your passion with art and the creative side of it, you know, what really led you or sparked the idea of launching, you know, Phoenix Fire Solutions? So, I launched it as a completely different thing. So at, at the time I was working in uh, IT in the nonprofit industry. And I was, as I was rolling out of that, I saw a real need for nonprofits needing help in these various areas. And design was part of that because it was always been my passion, but we were also offering 
fundraising services, teaching people how to raise money and how to set up their infrastructure and how to fix things around their nonprofit. And um, what keyed me in that maybe we were going too broad with it was I so I was at a client site and we're working on these design pieces for them. And they have a server issue while we're there on site. Now, the people there know that my background is in IT, like we've done all this, like this is not a surprise to them, but it never crossed their mind to pop their head in the office and ask if I uh, could help them with what was going on. They called in someone else to do it while I was there on site. And so it just, it was too much for people to wrap their heads around. Like, so they can't think in the, the realm of this person can work on my email or this person can help me get my logo and my branding and my marketing pieces together. It was just too wide for them. So we cut all those other pieces out and moved more to the design pieces, but kept in the, the problem solving pieces of that. So we can make sure that they're getting out of the designs, what they need to. Okay. Awesome. I mean, I think yeah. that that is a, a, a great, I guess say a great thing that a lot of entrepreneurs go through is that being able to scale down what you offer to really, you know, hone in on your focus. Like, what are you really focused on? And right. I guess as you guys kind of na navigated that journey, what was it like, you know, getting I any mean, people who may have been used to you doing a little bit of other stuff? What was it like getting them used to the fact of like, hey, here's what we focus on now? It was a decision that threw away about 90% of our clients. Wow. And, and our personal networks, because I had been in that industry for, for a while at that point. And that's what people knew me for. And that's what people would come to me for. But it was like, this is, it, this is outside of where we want to go with this. So, so we're going to have to restructure this and build a new customer base and, and get the word out in, in a different ways than we had in the past. So it, it really chopped us off on a lot of our, uh, initially a lot of our word of mouth things because it was so different than what people expected us to be doing. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, that is a very bold move. I mean, to, to, to have the determination and say, hey, this is where we wanna go. And like I said, 90% of your business. So what was that journey like? I mean, like I said, of just getting back out there of like, hey, now we gotta let people know, hey, this is our new focus and rebuilding that uh, customer base. What was that process like? Well, you know, whether fortunately or unfortunately, we started the business at the beginning of the recession. So there was some time in there to get our, our feet under us and make these mistakes and everything while the economy was still down and before it came back. So we had the, the opportunity to do that and to have those conversations and to slowly bring those people in rather than be at a point that the economy is firing on all cylinders and we got to get out there and get these clients. And we, so I had a longer lead time than maybe I would have had if I had started in say even 2006, or if I had started in 2010. On, on either side of that, being in that recession bubble while being an established business, obviously that was terrible for, on everybody, but being a new business, it gave us perspective and time to, to make mistakes and to try things out and, and to not necessarily have to force it to grow so fast. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. awesome. So now as you kind of navigated down that, that journey and you, you decided, hey, this is the area where 
we wanted to focus, you know, what were some of the things about, you know, this new focus that really attracted you that made you comfortable saying like, you know, this is the route to go. So we, we made this last pivot maybe two or three years ago uh, in, into having, adding these problem solving pieces into the mix. And what we were seeing was, so, so mostly we work with um, owner operated businesses. So we need to be in a place that we're dealing with somebody who has decision making power enough to like change the direction of their company. So what we were seeing was people would come to us for projects and things that we could totally do and they would leave and they would be happy with it, but then it wouldn't, it wouldn't solve the problems that they needed to solve because they were asking for the wrong things. So they would come to us and say things like, you know, we really need a brochure. We would do this beautiful brochure for them and get it turned around and get the wording all uh, point and everything. And then they're like, well, I don't know why this didn't generate us sales or why this didn't get us customers. It's because that wasn't the right vehicle for what you wanted. We built what you asked for instead of what you needed because we weren't getting to the heart of those real problems. So with that switch, you know, we've gotten into a place now where we're much more deliberate around what it is that we're really trying to solve. Because if we don't do that, what, what happens in, in that scenario where I was saying, you know, about brochures, the, what happens up to that point before someone asks you for a brochure is they have this problem and they don't know how to solve it. So they find a business that is a rough approximation of theirs and they, they look at them and they guess that they're doing better than they are. And then they try to find what's different. What is that thing that they have that we don't have? Well, they have a brochure. That must be the secret sauce. Let me go get me a brochure and we'll do this. But they've made all of these assumptions that take the project way off track before it ever makes it into a designer's hands. So they can, designers can produce those things and make pieces that work, but they're not always solving the correct problem with them because they're brought in too late in the process. No, I think that that is a phenomenal thing. I mean, so when it comes down to working with your clients, you know, what's kind of the feedback that they usually share or what are the things that they say about, you know, how that experience was working with your company? Well, so for a recent example, so we have this furniture company that we've just started working with a few months ago who we've taken them through these coaching exercises and it's been a much slower uptick than they would have expected because there, because there's some back and forth and getting everybody on the same page in there. And ultimately they were very, very resistant to the idea of them because they're like, what, this is too frou-frou for us. We're a furniture company. Like I don't need admission statements and I don't need future planning and these kind of things. But after we get through them, they're like, oh, this makes so much sense. And we, we both come out of the projects knowing so much more about the company that now we can start to produce better things for them. They, uh, we uncover things that they would never think to tell us that are vitally important to share with their customers. But if you just leave it up to them, they don't know to tell you those things. So you kind of have to use these processes to tease it out of them. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
Now, when it comes down to, you know, working with your, your company and, you know, if a person's interested in like, hey, you know what, I know I have a problem. I, I need some help. One is figuring out what the real problem is and then coming up with a solution. How do they get in touch with you and your company? Well, the easiest way to get in touch with us is through the website. That's uh, phoenixfiresolutions.com. Uh, I'm going to spell that because no one can spell it. Uh, the the one thing I'll tell your audience is um, if you're starting a new business, name it something that people can spell so that you don't have to spell it over the phone a thousand times. But that's uh, P-H-O-E-N-I-X-F-I-R-E solutions.com. Um, we have some various social channel stuff out there, but honestly, we live a lot in that word of mouth space. So it is always, uh, it's there, but it's neglected and not as forward facing as it should be, but. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, and speaking of the name, I guess, how did you come up with the name, you know, Phoenix Fire Solutions? Well, it's, it's about rebirth and, um, charting a new course and those kind of things. But then the solutions piece was back to like initial, initially what I was saying about, we did such a wide birth of things. So it wasn't just like a, you know, we didn't call it an agency or a studio because we were doing IT work for people and we were doing all these other pieces as well. So solutions seemed to fit that better, but then, you know, then we transitioned away from that, but kept the branding and, and those other pieces in place. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, currently, um, how many people, like, how big is your company as far as, like, employee size? So, the way uh, we're structured is uh, like a balloon. So, primarily me for the majority of things. But if we're working with somebody and we need a videographer, a photographer, a coder, whatever we need there, the, the business will balloon out. We'll bring those people onto the team. We'll do the project. You know, we have our own people that we vetted and we trust to do those things. And it comes, they come under the umbrella of the company and we work on those. And then once that project is done, the company shrinks back down. Okay. Wow. I mean, I think that's an amazing business model. I mean, from being able to, like I said, to, to be able to pivot, you know, based on the client needs without burdening your business with, you know, enormous overhead, which then probably impacts pricing. So I think that's, that is a phenomenal approach. Well, you know, as long as you're, you're out there meeting people and you're doing your networking and you're identifying those, those people that are really good in their fields. Like, you know, we may have at any given time, five or six different photographers that we're working with based on, well, this person is really excellent at lifestyle shots, but this person is really excellent at product shots. But it doesn't make sense to have all those people on staff. We can just bring them in and and source what we need for that specific client. Um, and it's just, it's quicker and easier for everybody that way. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, John, before we wrap up, one of the things that I always like to ask every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about your journey of where you've been and you think about where your business is now, you know, what's two lessons that you've learned that you would share with other business owners? So I think the first would be to always have a plan somewhere that you're going, even if that's a pie in the sky dream kind of thing. So one of the things we do with clients sometimes is, is this exercise we call future casting, where they basically, they go out in 
five, 10 years in the future, and they have a ultimate goal that they're looking for. And then we step that back year by year for milestones. So where they need to be, so they know where they need to be heading. And what that does for a business is it, it doesn't have to be so rigid as this is our marching orders and this is what we're doing next. But what it does is when we bump up to something like, well, like COVID, if you have a place that you're going, you can continue to figure out how to get there versus if you bump up against something like that and you don't really have somewhere that you're going, there's no, there's no next step. So you're just like, I don't know what to do next. And we use an analogy of like, if you're driving somewhere. So if you're, if you're driving to Kansas city and you're, you're just going down the road and you hit a roadblock, you just figure out some other way to get there. You don't park in the road and wait, on the construction company to come and fix the road so that you can keep doing what you're doing. You just, you pivot and you make the changes that you need to be able to get where you were going. And what, what we're seeing a lot of is the businesses that don't have that plan aren't prepared to do that when, when something gets in the way. Uh, the other thing I would say specifically for people in the, in the design fields is be sure that you're solving the right problems. Like it's become such a game changer for, for my firm. It's just that, you know, we would have people and we would produce things for them and they would be happy with it. And then at the end of the day, it wasn't getting them where they wanted to go. And what it's done is it's changed our, the types of things we do and the models of that to being much more problem solving focused. And those customers are now, instead of being someone who comes to you for one piece of something, they're long-term customers. Like I have clients that we've had for eight years now that we've done several projects because it makes sense to them and we can help identify what the next problem is and help them. Okay. So we did that thing for you and now we got that working and what can we work on next? And we help get them there. So that's, that's what I would say for the other is, you know, if make sure that you're, you take the time to solve the right thing. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on. I, you know, it's been a pleasure to hear more about your story, to share the insight. And I think, you know, that journey that you've been on of, you know, going from doing a lot to really focusing and then also just really figuring out how to solve the right problem for your clients, I think is amazing. So continue the success that you're on. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Terrell. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the Business Talk Library is the place where business makes sense.